My name is Greg Clunas, the host of Tiny Leaps, Big Changes, and you are listening to Chasing Dreams with Amy J. Check it out. Welcome to Chasing Dreams podcast with Amy J. Amy believes that realizing a life without regrets is achieved by taking chances, chasing your dreams, making moves, and overcoming your doubts. The Chasing Dreams podcast will help you overcome life's obstacles, believe in your potential, and inspire you to face your fears. And now here's the woman who is passionately pursuing her dreams, Amy J. Hey, Dream Chasers, this is Amy J, and thank you so much again for checking in, tuning in. This is episode 43 of Chasing Dreams, and I'm so grateful to have you here to listen to one of my new friends, Greg Clunas. He's a freelance media producer and digital content creator. He's the host and creator of Tiny Leaps, Big Changes, a podcast that explores decision-making, personal development, and how to create a life you love through small but deliberate actions and he's just a wonderful guy all around. Hey, Greg, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Number 43. I'm so honored. Those yeah. are actually my two favorite numbers because my birthday is April 3rd. Is it? You know yeah. what that means? Happy belated birthday. Thank you very much. And so is it four and three separately, separately that you enjoy? Uh, three is, is sort of the number one favorite number. And then four has always been the backup. If so, when I was doing sports in high school or something, if number three was taken, I'd always go for four. I can see that being the date of your birth, you know, yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) So Greg, when we met, we actually met through social media and you were doing some things in uh, video development or you were helping me. I had asked a question, I think it was Facebook about animation or how to create an animated movie. And you uh, reached right, out, right. Yeah. which, you know, is a sign of the kind of person you are. Me, a total stranger, you were like, hey, by the way, here's some advice. And I took it because it was sound. Um, were you always into that kind of thing, videos? It's weird. It's it's always been sort of in the background, but I up until now, I've never pursued it as, as something that I truly cared about. Um I started uh, my first sort of introduction to to the world of media production in general, video, audio, images, written, etc. I uh, was back in high school when I took a video production class and I, I learned how to use programs like Adobe Premiere Pro and, and I learned photography, etc., etc. Um, and and uh, me and a bunch of friends would always make short films. So, you know, it was always just a hobby. And as I was going through school, it never crossed my mind that this could be something I was interested in pursuing long term. I think where it's it clicked for me was when I realized the power that the Internet gives in terms of the ability to tell a story. And all of a sudden, these hard skills that I have with video production, with audio production, they become incredibly valuable because they're the tools that allow you to tell that story. So so it's been a very recent realization for me that that those years spent just sort of doing this thing on the side and never really being interested in pursuing it as a career is now valuable because I want to spend my time telling stories about the things that I'm interested in. So this was in the back of your mind. It's kind of like a hobby. You're doing it with your friends. What was it you were 
doing for your life in the sense that a career wise, did you had another avenue you were thinking of doing? Yeah. So uh, since the age of 13, I knew that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I didn't know what field. Yeah. So a little bit of background, I guess, with my, my podcast, Tiny Leaps, Big Changes, I, um, it's in the personal development space. And part of the reason I started that show was because I was getting really frustrated with the current state of the personal development industry and the, uh, the fact that nowadays it's just about saying things that sound really nice and, and focusing on really big messages, but f- completely forgoing the practicalities required to, to get there. Mm-hmm. And back when I was 13 was when I first read uh, my first personal development book by Tony Robbins. It was Awaken the Giant Within. And my brother actually handed me the book one summer and said that by the end of the summer, I had to finish reading the book. And Honestly, I was a little scared of him. He was a big guy, a muscly guy. So he's probably 15 years older than me. So uh, I said, okay, I'm going to read it. Not going to argue with you. And that book changed everything because it opened up this idea that I could create whatever life I wanted. Um, And that same summer, he, my brother, was a personal trainer. And one of his clients came to his apartment And they asked me what I wanted to do with my life. And at the time, I had no idea. I'm a 13-year-old kid. I'm just entering high school. But I knew that I was interested in psychology. I I knew I was interested in science. I knew I was interested in a lot of different fields. And so she told me that I should pursue business. Because if you learn the skills required to build and run a successful business, you can apply that to any field. And and so that's really the interaction that created this interest that that just sort of snowballed from there. So uh, from the age of 13, I knew I wanted to do entrepreneurship. Okay. I had no idea what field that was going to be applied to. So that's really cool of your brother, by the way, because uh, I don't think I've ever done that to my sister. I mean, like, listen, you got to read this. You, you just got to do it. And the fact that it made such a profound impact is even more meaningful. Yeah, it's one of those things that I don't think he actually knows how much of an impact it has. He he may not even remember it, to be honest. Um, like, I've never spoken to him about it. I've never thanked him for it. Tell him to uh, listen to this episode. Yeah. Um, but it, it's one of those things that it, it's just as you think back, there are, there are these specific moments throughout each of our lives where sure. we clearly remember this had a massive impact on the direction that our life took. And and as I look back over the last 10 years, or I guess 11 now, um, I realize that moment really shifted a lot of things for me. So when you go to college, when you go, did you go to college? Yes. When you went to college, it's <laughs> <laughs> a good question. Uh, it is wh- nowadays. Because you, you could do it if, whether you want it or not. But when you were in college, so did you go for what degree? Uh, so I first started, I was a, a bunch of uh, majors throughout college. That's I was right, a very I indecisive too. person. I was um, too. So I started off in marketing and I chose marketing because senior year of high school, I'd gotten into internet marketing as it was known at the time, which was sort of the, it, it still exists obviously, but it's sort of the predecessor to what we now know as digital marketing and content marketing. And it was a lot more scammy back in 2009. Um, but I got into that and and it was a perfect combination to my interest of being an entrepreneur. So I decided I'm going to pursue marketing in college. 
got there, took two classes, realized that I really hated learning it in a, a classroom environment. And so I was working at a tech startup at the time and I decided I was going to become a computer science major because I wanted to be able to communicate with the people I was partnering with to build the apps. I wanted to know what was required to get this done so that I could effectively choose the right people to work with. Um, did that for about a year and a half and realized I'm terrible at calculus. I'm, I'm just not wired for that at all math Uh, isn't for everyone it's not it's really not i'm great up until that point but once you get to the the point where you have to essentially just invent solutions to problems that don't exist it it my mind just goes blank um so from there it became a scramble of okay well i've invested all of this time in these two fields how am i going to graduate on time and, and that was the main question because I had a scholarship and I spoke to my advisors and I was told that if I had to do a fifth year, the scholarship wouldn't be renewed. So it was either graduate on time or don't get a degree, basically. Um, yeah, I'd say that's a motivator. Yeah, it's, it's a good motivator. So so I, I jumped from computer science to IT and I decided that because a lot of my CS majors uh, transferred over realized that was incredibly boring, like much respect to anybody out there who works in IT because I I just can't stomach it. From IT, switched to psychology, which sort of throwback to the age of 13, super interested in that, but I wouldn't have been able to graduate on time. Um, Switched to economics from there, realized that was also a lot of calculus. And by this time, my advisors actually, I jumped departments so often that, that I didn't have an advisor anymore. Uh, Did you gain bother. a rep? <laughs> a little bit. Um, they just didn't bother assigning one to me. Uh, so I, I didn't talk to anybody about what was actually involved in economics. I just knew it as uh, the study of how people make decisions based on scarcity, which is something I'm fascinated by. Um, but got into the actual classes and the practical work and realized calculus is a big part of it. So that was a no. Um, and so from ke- uh, economics, I jumped to art, which was where I graduated. And um, that was perfect because, number one, it was the exact number of credits I needed to finish on time. But also it brought me back to those roots of doing media production and creating content and, and really having the skill set to take something out of my head and put it into the world, which is perfect for an entrepreneur and for an artist. So it, it just sort of fit together well. It also sounds like your journey through college and through these different courses, also, even though you didn't finish as a degree, still gave you some tools that you could oh, use. Oh, without a doubt. Without right? a doubt. So when I was a computer science major, for example, I taught myself and learned through classes web design and um, application design and so on and so forth. And those skills have been applied multiple times since graduating. In addition to the design skills I gained when I was an art major um, and the marketing skills I gained when I was a marketing major and prior to that, um, all of the different majors gave me a skill set or an understanding of a skill set that I have since deployed in my life in terms of landing clients for freelance projects, in terms of generating income on the side last year, and has now put me in a position that I was able to leave my job last year and, and support myself um, exclusively just by my own efforts. But I, wouldn't, I would not be here without that, those steps. If I, only, if I joined marketing and stayed there and that was the only skill set I learned, 
I would not have had the ability to build websites, which was how I got my first clients, which then led to other clients, which then allowed me to upsell people and transition over to media production. And so not to put words in your mouth, but would you say you don't regret the way the college worked out for you? The only thing I regret is the student loans. Yeah, If I, if I could go one. back and <laughs> choose to maybe go to a community college for two years or something, I probably would have done that. But uh, the way that the actual education went, I don't regret it at all. I think it was perfect for the type of person that I am. I'm, I'm interested in a lot of things and I'm going to own that because that's my strength. So when you come out of college, though, and you know you want to be an entrepreneur, you get a degree in art. Right, which has kind of revitalized your love for media. What do you do now? Uh, I get a full time job because I've got student loans to pay. Um, was it no, in media? I, it was so it was a funny story. Um, the job was supposed to be web design. Um, so, so quick story I started applying for jobs the February before I graduated and didn't hear a single thing back from anybody. Um, so now two months have gone by since graduation, still didn't have a, a full-time job. I was working with some professors and, and doing some odd things here and there, but nothing stable. Um, and I find this listing on Craigslist that is looking for a part-time web designer. So I decide, okay, you know what? I haven't heard from anybody. I'm just going to do something crazy and see if it works. If it doesn't, then no big deal. So I, I put in my application and then I spend that weekend redesigning their website from scratch. And I sent it directly to the CEO. And it was a small enough company that, that he would be able to pay attention to it. Um, and that got me an interview. And, and so then in that interview, I talked about web design, talked about what they cared about. But then I also brought in the skill set that I had with media, with Photoshop, with design, with, with art. And, and that allowed me to for a period of time, uh, work mostly on the web design piece, but be able to propose other potential projects that we could do and that I could own based on this other skill set that I was interested in. Um, so in a, in a way, I was able to build my, jo- my job to some extent. There was no marketing department prior to me being there. There was no media department. There was no content being produced. And, and I was able to prove that I had the skill set and the knowledge required to own those areas. And, and so in that sense, it was a really great opportunity for me. And it really solidified my ability to tie the things I really want to focus on into the things that are valuable to people. Um, and, and so that was my first full-time job. And I stayed there until that December, so December 2014. And um, then I left and attempted my first try at being a full-time entrepreneur failed that terribly um but that's a different story and then i went back to that same company did another seven months and then left again this past uh end of november in 2015 so one that's an amazing story that you were able to use the skills you learned that you may not have necessarily graduated with a degree on but you know marketing and all that helped you get a job i mean that's a a great way of kind of making yourself stand out and creating a position that uses everything you want to do at the same time. Yeah, I was I got really really lucky in the sense that the company was small enough that they were open to a lot of things and they didn't already have systems for a lot of things. 
in another sense, though, there was a lot of frustration in the sense that because they were so small, I was the only person able to execute on any of, of these ideas, which is where some of the friction later came from. Which, you know, I think um, there's always going to be friction in some way or shape or form. Yeah, of course. You know, with these things. But the fact that you did make an attempt at leaving your job full time and that failed, but you tried again. That's the part that interests me. Failing happens. That's that's fine. Right. But the fact that you, okay, went back to your old job, but that you tried again, what was it the second time around that was different? Well, so after I left back in December of uh, 2014, uh, quite honestly, I failed just due to lack of preparation. I didn't have the money in the bank and I didn't have any sort of set process for acquiring clients that would allow me to to make it through. Um, so I burned out after about two and a half months and went back to the job. And honestly, for a period of about three or four months, I was seriously depressed. Like I did not work on a single project, which is may not sound strange, but I'm the type of person that regardless of what I'm doing, I always have something else on the side. I need to have, like I spend my time creating things. I spend my time building things or landing clients or doing web design projects. So I, that's how I do free time. I don't really watch TV or, or any of those things. My free time is considered you, work by many people. Right, you um, like to keep busy. Yeah, I need to keep busy. It's, it's oxygen for me. And for this three-month period after going back to the full-time job, which that part to me was almost more damaging than the fact that I failed. Because like you said, failure happens. But the fact that I went back to the same job that I knew I disliked at that point, but had to because it was available. I still had a connection there and, and income is obviously a requirement. Um, that in itself was more damaging to me than, than anything else. So for this three-month period, I felt like I wanted to stop. I felt like I was not cut out for this entrepreneurship thing. I felt like I, I didn't have the work ethic. I didn't have the discipline. I didn't have X, Y, Z. I, I was just beating up on myself. The main thing that allowed me to pull out of that and try again was uh, the people around me, really. Uh, my girlfriend, Rachel, my, my parents, my uh, one of my best friends, they are all ridiculously supportive. And during that period, when I finally worked up the courage to sort of voice these thoughts to them, they very clearly pointed out that it's not about whether or not I'm cut out to be an entrepreneur. I've been an entrepreneur since the age of 13. The day that I made that decision, that's all I've talked about. That's all I've cared about. And, and they pointed that out to me and, and really showed me that this is a part of who I am at this point. So there's really, it's not a question of, can I stop? It's impossible for me to stop. I'm going to fail, but I can't stop doing it because it's who I am. It's like breathing. Um, and, and that really sort of allowed me to pick myself up. And, and then one thing that made it easier the second time around was knowing that my biggest issue was cash flow. And being able to put in the time from day one to say that I was going to save up X number of dollars because that would buy me X number of months of uh, expenses. I was going to make sure that I had the connections required to, if I was ever in a pinch, to, to pull off a, uh, a new client without really having to worry too much about it. Um, and, and really create an opportunity for myself to not only leave my job, but 
also do a lot of really interesting and valuable things. And it all just sort of snowballed from there. A lot of it, honestly, wasn't even in my control. It was one client led to another client, led to another client, led to a referral. And uh, you started this interview with talking about how, how we met and how I reached out to you based off of a simple question. Yep. Full transparency, that is my greatest selling tool because the number of people that I've reached out to to help that are that are complete strangers to me that have then led to referrals of $1,500, $3,000, projects, it's, it's astonishing to me how frequently that happens. So I, I realized that last summer after I landed one of my first really big clients. And so it just dawned on me that this process of using the knowledge that I have, using the expertise that I have, and being very open with my time and, and how I, I treat people is more valuable than anything else. And that's going to lead to numerous opportunities that I can't even imagine in terms of how I'm, I'm going to make my income, how I'm going to stay afloat, et cetera, et cetera. And it, it's hard to really wrap your head around it because you know I'm a very logical person and there's no direct correlation. Perfect example. I did a graphic design job for $25 last April okay. and uh, April 2015. And honestly, I way undercharged probably shouldn't have even invoiced him at that point and it took me much longer than it should have that $25 job led to a $3000 referral and that was my first big client and then that $3000 referral led to the testimonial required to get multiple other projects after that so this one tiny thing that honestly I was just doing to help because $25 isn't going to pay my rent and often won't led buy you what you need massive things exactly it won't really buy me what i need led to so many more massive things that have now created a situation that I could not have imagined a year ago. So that's been like my big takeaway. And that's the main thing that I was able to sort of stumble across last year that made it a lot easier and a lot more interesting to to try again. One other thing, and this kind of segues into it, because you, it was a tiny leap, the $25 led to a big change, all these new customers and clients allowing you to transition to working for yourself and being your own solo entrepreneur full time. Is that method or is that what led to your new podcast, Tiny Leap, Big Changes? Well, first of all, that was an excellent tie-in. Um, you set it up for me. <laughs> no, actually, my brain didn't even go there. Um, no, so the the podcast... It's actually, I have never made that connection, but you're 100% right. Like those, for example, you and I, me reaching out to you and and giving you some advice on animation stuff, um, which I didn't even remember, to be honest. Um, that, That sort of tiny step that took 20 seconds of my time has now led to to a friendship, to you uh, interviewing me on your show. At some point, I'm going to interview on my show when I roll out interviews. Like it's led to a lot of things that that neither of us could have imagined. Yeah. Um. Absolutely. So you're 100 percent right. Like those are the tiny steps that lead to very large changes in the future. Um. With the podcast, where the idea came from, as I was saying, it, it was 
this frustration with the personal development industry. So it was the idea that people say you should follow your passion and you'll be happy. Leave your job, go do something you're passionate about and you're happy. Um, and that's a good thing. You should pursue things that you care about. You should pursue things that you're passionate about. However, there's a lot of steps in between where you are and being able to do that full time. Me getting to the point where I'm now self-employed seems like it happened in a couple of months last year. But really, as I mentioned, I got into marketing in 2009. So it's actually been seven years and a lot of failures and a lot of money was lost during those those six years where things weren't working. So I, I was frustrated and there was a book that I read that really just solidified it for me. Um, and I was actually on a train. I was heading into the city. Uh, I live in New York City for a little bit of context. And my girlfriend and I were heading to a date. And I, I was reading this book on my Kindle. And I was sitting right next to her and I was telling her about this book and just how frustrated I was with the concept that they were they were promoting. And the idea for the show came from that train because I wanted to make something that focused less on what the big result is and more on the steps that you can take every single day. And, and then the name Tiny Leaps Big Changes, which sort of spawned and solidified the philosophy because prior to coming up with the name, prior to launching the podcast, I wasn't even sure what that idea was. I just knew that I was frustrated with what currently existed. And, and so the name Tiny Leaps Big Changes came from tiny leaps came from a list of other names one of them was everyday science because the idea was to uh, talk about the science related to the things you do every day uh, which obviously did not make the cut but but i remember i wrote down tiny leaps on that list and immediately it was like this is the right name but it wasn't enough for the podcast it didn't clearly communicate what it was about and so big changes came from from that piece of there being a gap in communication between what I was trying to say to the audience and what the name was saying. Um, and, and so it all just sort of happened very, it was almost like an avalanche. The one idea led to the next, led to the next. And now I have this core philosophy that guides everything that I do and, and guides everything that a lot of my listeners do. And really it all just came from this small little kernel of being frustrated, but not really knowing what the solution was. I mean, I think it's a perfect theme for everything you have going on because it's true, right? I mean, one of the things we talk about on this podcast is take a step, any step, even the t smallest of steps is progress, is is a big thing. And that's something you've been doing with your, your podcast. And I guess my question for you with the podcast is how do you come up with your topics, the things, the ideas, the small leaps that you suggest to your listeners um two main ways is what i'm interested in and what my audience wants to hear so since day one of the show i've made it very clear to every single person that listens to my show that i'm available to them um throughout february of this year i scheduled an hour out of my work day every single day of the week so monday to friday where people could go to my calendar page and schedule a 15-minute call with me. And, and I spoke to quite a few people that I didn't know who they were prior to them scheduling. I just They listened to the show and all they represented prior to getting on the phone was a download number. But, but getting on the phone put context to who they were. It, it gave us that relationship that, that you don't have when somebody is just a download or just a view. And 
what I really try to do with with the episodes is I need to be interested in it because there's a lot of research that goes into each of the episodes. It, it can sometimes take six hours to put together an episode and most of that time is spent scripting. Mm-hmm. Um, but if an, if an audience member reaches out and says, this is what they're struggling with or those calls that I did, if somebody told me like they've struggled with being overweight their entire life and that's their biggest dream is to be able to get down to a, to a healthier size... Like I'm going to dive deeper into those topics because I know that at least one person wants to hear that. Um, so, so a lot of it is what am I interested in, in learning more about, whether that be how, what actually happens in your brain when you meditate. That's fascinating to me. I, as I said back when I was 13, I wanted to be a psychologist. I wanted to be a scientist. Um, so that stuff is, I, I will geek out over that all day long. But that's surface level to me because when I'm able to actually talk to a listener and hear what it is they need to learn about, if somebody is, I have a listener who I spoke to on the phone who's in law school and his biggest struggle is networking, which is obviously incredibly important when you're trying to get a job at a a legal firm. And so I've released more episodes around that topic because I know that he needs to hear it. And I'm assuming because he needs to hear it, Maybe a couple other people need to hear it as well. So, so it comes down to what am I interested in and then what does my audience actually need to hear about? And, and that goes down to an individual level. I mean, because your topics, guys, the link to Greg's podcast will be in the show notes. So definitely check it out. Um, but to give you an idea of the topics he talks about, things like how to find your focus and concentration, why it's important to eat breakfast, how to solve your problems while you sleep. These are things that you don't realize that if you just fix, if you if you just work on it, could probably have a profound impact on your dream chase, on your lifestyle, on you. Have you heard from people who listen to your show and have implemented some of your suggestions? Yeah, so one of the responses I get a lot, which is the exact response I'm looking for, is that somebody actually tried something. Um, my job as the podcast host, and, and I want to be clear to your audience, I do not present myself as an expert in anything that I talk about. I just present myself as somebody who's trying to improve their own life and is, is researching these things and then sharing the things that I learn or sharing the things I experience or pretty soon because I'm about to start doing interviews, uh, sharing the stories that other people have experienced. And, and so one of the things that I really want people to take away is just give it a shot. If, if you've never meditated before and I clearly point out the neurological benefits to it, why not just try it once? And so one of the, the best responses I can get from someone is if they reach out to me on Twitter and say, hey, I listened to this episode. I just downloaded the app that you recommended and I'm going to try it. And then a week later, they come back to me and say, I tried it. Wasn't really for me, but great job anyway. That's totally fine. You've now gained a little bit more perspective over what's going to work for you. And that's just as valuable as the long-term benefits of whatever the activity is. So that to me is the best response. And I've gotten quite a few of those. I, as I said, I try to make myself as available as possible, both uh, currently via Twitter and, and Snapchat. And I also, if somebody finds me on our Facebook group, I'm in there pretty frequently. Uh, if somebody adds me on Facebook, I have no problem accepting them. 
Um, I try to talk to the to the people that listen as much as possible because I do not view myself in any way as ahead of them or as trying to guide them or lead them. I'm just fascinated by this stuff enough to spend my time looking it up, which means that that I now have the knowledge that I can share with you. And that's all I'm trying to do is get you to have a different perspective on something, whether that be you tried it and you hated it or you tried it and it's now a habit that you're going to keep forever. Either of those results is valuable in the long term. And guys, the thing to keep also in mind as you're listening to his podcast, my podcast, any podcast, or just in general in life, some things will work for some people and some things will not. Um, I don't think there's anything except for drinking water that is universal for everyone. And even drinking water might be, no, that should be good for everybody, but. I hope so. Right, right. I'm like, I think that's a <laughs> universal one. But in general, some things will work for some people and some things won't. Cause of yeah. Lot. And I mean, perfect example, uh, two of my early episodes. So back in January, um, the first episode was the benefits of meditation. So this is where I talked about how meditation has been proven to increase the amount of gray matter within your brain, which is essentially the large areas that control all the different parts of your brain and, and how it communicates with each other and why that's beneficial to you. And then the very next episode, I acknowledge that not everyone likes meditation. Yes, it may be beneficial, but the act of sitting there for five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes just is not something everyone can get into. So that episode was just alternatives to meditation that have some of the same benefits and and have their own benefits tied to it. And those things might be more active. Those things might be more for you. Maybe you don't want to sit down and meditate or do yoga, or maybe you don't want to go to the gym and lift weights. There are always alternatives. And and those are the things I try to bring to your attention. And that's a great example that he gave because it's like yoga. It's not for everyone, but if you, if it is for you, there are some powerful things and benefits that, that can come with it. Or maybe you're more of an active person and running is your thing. You know, there are alternatives to everything. But um, I think what you're doing is an amazing thing because it, the small changes can have that, the small leaps can have that big change for a person and can really help them, especially if they're chasing their dreams. And I love what you're doing. And guys, you should definitely check it out. Before we wrap up, though, Greg, I have to ask, what is one thing you would recommend to someone who's chasing their dream, whether it could be anything, a book, a piece of advice, a resource, what would you say? Okay, so I'm going to break your rule a little bit and I'm going to gonna recommend two, but one is very for a very specific need. So okay. um, if somebody is chasing their dreams in terms of career, I would recommend wholeheartedly the book So Good They Can't Ignore You by Cal Newport. It is one of the greatest books I've ever read. It really dives into a lot of the issues that comes with just pursuing things that you're passionate about rather than acquiring actual skills that have value um, and and then sort of morphing those skills into the things that you're passionate about, which is what I've done, which is what many other people have done. Um, and and it's, it's phenomenal, extremely well-written. I've recommended it now to my alma mater. I think it should be required reading for everyone as soon as they're about to graduate or even post-graduation. 
Um, it, it just really shifted the way I think about careers. So that's that's my specific recommendation for people who want to improve their careers. Um, more generally, I recommend buying a journal. And you don't have to write every single day. You don't have to keep it as a diary. You don't have to log your activities. Just put your thoughts into it every now and then. Just put a date and just write this is the interesting thing I thought about today. And I love this personally because, I mean, I have journal entries from the first time that I quit my job and the things that, that I was scared of then and comparing them to, to where I am now, it just allows me to be so grateful for what I've accomplished, what opportunities people have afforded me and relationships have afforded me. And, and it really puts into perspective what's important. Um, which then guides my actions going forward. So a journal isn't going to show you... It's it's a perfect example of a tiny leap that leads to a big change because it's not going to be beneficial today. Writing in it today may not lead you to some amazing uh, realization that's going to change your life forever. But in a year, when you look back on it, it allows you to really put things into perspective and then make decisions going from there, which is when the benefits kick in. I love that. That's... Again, uh, a small thing, but can have a lasting impact. Greg, thank you so much for being on the show and sharing that. Guys, definitely check out his podcast, Tiny Leaps, Big Changes. Highly recommend it. Uh, he updates it five days a week, isn't it? Uh, so starting Monday, uh, like the 18th, uh, it's going back to seven days per week. Okay. Um, so, so this past week, we've been out of commission. I've been really hammering it at producing episodes and, and rolling out the interviews. So starting Monday the 18th, it's seven days per week. Uh, episodes are about 10 to 15 minutes long. So you can either binge listen, which cool fact, I've had people reach out to me on Twitter and say that they're like seven hours into my show, which is mind blowing to me. So you can either binge listen or you can listen in small chunks and and really get whatever information it is you need. Great for a ride on your commute, guys. Check it out. Greg, thank you once again. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This was awesome. And that was Greg Clunas, host of the Tiny Leaps Big Changes podcast, a podcast show that I think any dream chaser should give a chance at listening to. Now, to find all the show notes and any of the links mentioned, as well as links to the books Greg mentioned, please check out the show notes page from this episode at chasingdreamshq.com slash episode 43. That's episode 43. Until next time, Dream Chasers, keep chasing. Thank you so much for listening to Chasing Dreams. Amy would love to connect with you and hear all about your pursuit of chasing your dreams. Connect with her on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram via at Chasing Dreams HQ. Or you can find Amy on Twitter at AmyJ21. That's A-I-M-E-E-J-2-1. Be sure to visit headquarters over at ChasingDreamsHQ.com for more inspiration, motivation, and resources to help with your own dream chase. We hope you'll join Amy next week. And until then, keep chasing. Chasing.